0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll also support you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. we are also support you by Manscaped, the leaders in below the belt grooming. Use the promo code SGP at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We'll also support you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to stablejewel.com and get started today. Also, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. That music only means one thing, it means there is Champions League football this week and you are listening to your Champions League show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGPSoccer, that's at sgp soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC, that's at BetMUFC, at BetMUFC. Now, while we are covering the Man United game here as part of the Champions League show, we will be recapping Man United's game against Leeds over on Bet MUFC. And we will be using this edition of Bet MUFC to look at the run in. So we will be looking at the run-in and I'll be giving my estimated points totals for each of the contenders for the top four. So we won't be looking at the Man U Athletic madrid game on that show. We're looking at it here on the Champions League show. But that addition of BetMUFC is still very important because it gives me time to analyse the top four futures properly. And make my points predictions, which will ultimately lead to my prediction to who finishes in the top four. So that's still an important show as it features the recap and a look, an extensive look at the futures. To get my additional content, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. You can follow lockbetting.com on Twitter at lockbettingcom. That's at lockbettingcom. If you look at the pinned tweet at lockbetting.com, you will see that it is the month of January, the spreadsheet for the month of January. Now, that was the first spreadsheet of the year. But overall, that meant we have delivered 104 months in a row of transparent track profit. And while we are just one week and three months away from saying that we have been undefeated every single month for the last nine years. Now, if you click on said spreadsheet on the pinned tweet and go down to the bottom, you will see these little tags. You will see the likes of football, soccer, NFL, NBA, gambling, US sports, tennis, etc. One of those tags says PL. By clicking that, it gives you access to every single P&L spreadsheet. So you can do your due diligence. You can see that this is completely legit. Yes, anyone could put out spreadsheets, but not everyone puts out spreadsheets where all of my clients can comment underneath the bottom. Therefore, had this not been genuine, someone would have surely said so on one of those posts. So you can have a look at all of the plays. Have a look at all of the comments. And the plays are very important to see if this is the service for you, to see if you like the sports, to see if you like the stakes. This is what's most important, an man service. This isn't like gambling Twitter. This isn't like those fraudulent clowns. This is an everyman service. We don't do regular 3 unit or 5 unit or 8 unit plays, 5 star plays, 20 unit wells. None of that bullshit, none of that monopoly money crap. It's none of that. It's for every man. It's for real people looking to generate a second income by betting sensible stakes that they can afford to lose on a monthly basis. And we never lose because we've never lost so far. We've got 104 months in a row of transparent track profit and we are on the month on the way, sorry, to month number 105. Have a sticky Saturday, admittedly, in soccer, but bounced back on the Sunday with a 10-2 run. So we always bounce back. One of the key things, and I highlighted this on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. One of the key things is not just what you do in terms of the plays that you put out, but it's also the plays that you don't put out. It's not chasing losses and absolutely obliterating your month. We will never obliterate our month by overbetting. I will never put out a play on Saturday evening that I didn't have circled on Saturday morning. So if you didn't like a play on Saturday morning or or Friday night... Don't end up playing it if you've had a bad day. That's how you absolutely obliterate a bankroll. And by obliterating a bankroll, you obliterate a week or a month. And therefore, that's how you end up with a losing month. There's loads of people out there that can pick out good plays. There's loads of people that can follow statistical data and trends and, and put those plays out. That information is widely available in the modern day. But not everybody has any discipline. In fact, none of these guys have discipline because they're probably not really betting. They're not betting five-star plays and 20-unit whales and 25-unit and maxes. They're not, they're not betting that. This is all Monopoly money. And you really have to lose those plays by yourself. You really have to be really gambling in order to know how your clients are feeling when they lose. When my clients lose, I lose. So that that's one of the key things when you're doing this. Go with people that you really believe are actually betting with you. And therefore, you'll end up with a more sensible capper who bets efficiently. And that's 50% of, of the job. That's 50% of how you can secure a profit on a regular basis. Now, They're probably not going to be nowhere near good enough to get 104 months in a row and guarantee it on a month-to-month basis because, quite frankly, there's only one person out there that's doing that, and that's me. But they may be able to lead you to an overall profit on a more regular basis. But whether it be me, whether it be someone else you tell, whether you you just feel that you want to do this 100% independently, discipline is the key and being able to walk away and have a losing day and just... draw a line under it and just say, yes, this is a losing day. This is not my day. And I will come back tomorrow and I will not try and turn this round in the later stages of the day and create a massive, massive hole for myself that I cannot recover, recover from for the rest of the week or the rest of the month. And that, is a very, very key component of sports betting. Moving on with this edition of the Champions League show, your action begins on Tuesday as the defending champions, Chelsea, are at home to Lille. Now, this Tuesday features two of the teams that I think everybody wanted to play when we're talking about Villarreal and Lille. And Chelsea, in particular, were lucky to get this draw because they got it twice. They got it twice. There was a redraw, of course, and Chelsea had the dream draw against Lille. And then they got it again in the redraw. So that was extremely lucky. And it's lucky anyway to get Lille. When Chelsea blew their group against Juventus and allowed Juventus to overtake them in qualifying... They were looking at one of the top teams as a runner-up. They were looking at coming up against a group winner. And what they ended up with on two occasions was, in my opinion, the weakest group winner and therefore a dream draw against Lille here. Chelsea are the one to three favourites on the money line to win this home tie. It's nine to two on the draw. And it's 10 to 1 here on Lille. And overall, Chelsea are the 1 to 4 favourites to qualify, minus 400 favourites to qualify, with Lille at 3 to 1, plus 300 here to advance from this round of 16 tie. For me, like most Chelsea games, I don't see a ton of goals here in this one. I see a tight and cagey affair where Lille will go to Chelsea to try and come away with something or at least limit the damage to take this game back to Lille. I think it will go under two and a half goals, but ultimately I see Chelsea winning. So to be a little bit safer, I'm going to take Chelsea to win and I'm going to tack on under four and a half goals here to give myself a little bit of a better return. This Lille team were the lowest scoring group winners in the competition in the last five years. Chelsea haven't exactly been free-scoring themselves. The last eight games have all featured fewer than three goals, including both of those games they played in the Club World Championships. And Chelsea saw under two and a half goals in all seven of their Champions League knockout games last term. Chelsea have actually won their last four games by a single goal, while Lille lost 2-1 in both meetings with Chelsea in this competition back in 2019. So I'm expecting a tight game here. I think Lille will keep it tight, but I'm not expecting a plethora of chances and a plethora of goals here in this one. I think it'll be a tight and cagey affair where Chelsea have more of the ball and are trying to break this team down. That'll mean Romelu Lukaku has more than seven touches. Um, I'm referencing that in particular because Lukaku broke a record at the weekend for the player who played the, the full 90 minutes and had the least number of touches in the game. He touched the ball seven times. There was actually a compilation video done by Sky Sports highlighting all of Romelu's touches. Now, that's a little bit um, out of order for Sky to do because they're supposed to be independent. They're not a fan site or a joke site or or one of those media publications that should really be doing that. But they did that anyway. The argument could be, would they do that about Harry Kane? Did they ever do that about Harry Kane when Harry Kane had a poor start to the season? I don't think they would have done it to an English striker. So, a little bit out of line for them. But my point is, is that Chelsea haven't been playing well and they've been scraping through... And I think again here, just because it's Lille and it is your dream's eye, I think that that means that Chelsea are lucky that they've been given an opponent they can get through, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to wipe the floor with this Lille team. I think they'll do what they need to do, and I think they'll come away with the win, and they'll be in an advantageous position going back to Lille. But I don't think we're going to see any kind of landslide here or any kind of goal fest. So I'm going to take Chelsea to win this game. I'm going to tackle on the under four and a half goals. And by doing that, I get my money line selection on Chelsea from one to three down to eight to 13 here for this game. Up next, we move on to the tie between Villarreal and Juventus, where Villarreal are the six to four favourites to win this one. It's eleven to five on the draw, and Juventus are the twenty-one to ten underdogs. Juventus will be happy to avoid a defeat here and take them home with a draw where they try to finish the tie. They are the one to two favorites to qualify with Villarreal here at six to four. I wouldn't mind taking Chelsea and Juventus as a parlay here. Both of the teams look pretty solid in group qualification. Both teams actually beat each other. Chelsea actually had a big advantage going into the final day after their goal difference was better than Juve. The headset goal difference was better than Juve off the back of Chelsea thrashing Juve a group qualification, but they blew it with they draw on the final match day. So both of them looked solid enough, but it was Juve that ended up edging through as the group winners. And now they come up here against the Villarreal team who last year upset Manchester United in the Europa League final. I just feel that this is going to be a bridge too far. I think Juve are desperate for a Champions League run. Let's make no uh, mistake about it. This season has been a disappointment. Despite the fact that teams slipped up at the weekend, we saw AC Milan and Inter all failed to win. Inter actually lost at home to South Swallow. We saw Atalanta lose as well. And uh, we saw Napoli drop points today. Juve didn't take advantage of it because on Friday, they already dropped points at home to Torino in the Turin derby. Now, that's a game that they wanted to win, not only because it would have closed the gap and would have made them live outsiders for the league, a trophy they started as favourites for at the start of the season... But it would have got them a much-wanted win over their Turin rivals. They're always expected to beat Torino, and they didn't. So that just adds to the disappointment. And what would compensate for that at this stage of the season is getting back into the Champions League via the top four, which didn't look good at the start of the season, and having a decent run in this competition. So I think the expectations are much higher here on Juve than they are on Villarreal. Ultimately, I think they'll deliver here and get through this tie. As for tomorrow... Tomorrow's game, I think the best selection is to take both teams to score. And I'm surprised you're getting it at 21 to 20 plus money here. Villarreal have scored nine times now across their last four matches. And seven of Juventus' last 10 games have seen both teams finding the net. So we're simply going to ride that data here. I do see a tight and cagey game. But I can still see both teams finding the nets within the confines of that tight and cagey game. A one all scoreline in particular is available at 11-2. to I don't think that necessarily suits Villarreal, but I don't think that's a disaster. Uh, and I think it's a good result for Juve, who take it home and just play a one-off tie here against Villarreal. Off the back of managing to come away with something, that being a draw here from this game. Moving on to Wednesday's games. And we begin by looking at Manchester United's trip to Atletico Madrid. Obviously, this wasn't the best tie that we could get, but it also wasn't the worst. Looking at Atletico's recent form, I do feel that Manchester United do have a very good chance of getting through. They start tomorrow tomorrow. As the 21 to 10 underdogs here on the money line, it's 11 to 5 here on the draw, and Atletico Madrid are the 5 to 4 favourites to pick up a home win here from this first tie. I disagree with these odds. I think Manchester United shouldn't necessarily be the favourites, but. I do think this is a more evenly matched contest. I don't think there's much difference between Man United at home and Man United away from home. Man United are one of the better travelling sides and ultimately I think they can definitely get something from Atletico Madrid tomorrow. Man United are also the favourites to advance from this tie here at 46 minus 150 with Atletico Madrid priced up at 5 to 4. So If we lost this game to Atletico, that would make it quite difficult for us to qualify here from this tie. But I'm not just saying this as a supporter. I'm genuinely putting this out there because I believe it to be true. And people know over the years I don't have supporters bias. I don't blindly pick Manchester United every week. I know Ryan and Sean do that on the Sports Gambling podcast with with New York and the Eagles. And it's very, very rare that they go against their teams. And when they do, I always see that as a, as a big must-bet opportunity where they've actually decided that they're going to pick against their own teams. I always get a decent amount down on that. But for me, it's a lot more fairly done, I believe. I think over the years, they've picked against Man United on multiple occasions or have taken plays that are not favourable to Man U. But in this instance, I feel that European football is much more conducive to Man United's style. I feel that we are a little bit slow sometimes in the Premier League in terms of getting the ball forward. I feel that we can often be outrun by teams. I don't think our output in games is high enough for a Premier League level or definitely not for a team who want to finish in the top four of the Premier League or challenge for the title. But the slower pace, I think, of European football does suit Manchester United. It allows us to play at a slower pace and then to fast break when we need to, to up the pace selectively. It allows Ronaldo to get more involved in the game and us, us for us to utilise Ronaldo much better without him having to force his way into the game by by pressing and doing things that he's not comfortable doing. We can simply allow Ronaldo to sit on the shoulder of the last man and we have time to supply him with the balls that he needs in order to be effective. And that's why he has been effective in the Champions League so far this season. I mean, we need to get a lot better at shutting the back door. We conceded a lot of goals despite winning the group, although we did put out the perfect performance En route to winning away to Villarreal and that's what we need to do here against Atletico Madrid. Now obviously Atletico on paper are cut above Villarreal but their form this season has been very very poor and I feel that we have a real chance of going away here and not only getting something but coming away with a win. I think both teams will find a net here en route to us getting something from this game because I don't see either team keeping a clean sheet. Atletico have moved in the wrong direction significantly on the defensive end, whereas Man United have seen both teams score in 12 of their 16 away games this season. Atletico have kept just one clean sheet in their eight games, in the last eight games, sorry, conceding 16 goals in total. It's very rare. Over the last few years, we would see Atletico Madrid coming into this with a two goal average for conceding goals. But they have conceded 16 in their last eight. Three of Man United's last five games have actually been 1-1 after 90 minutes. And I would take that result tomorrow. And that particular scoreline is available at 11-2. And I highlighted Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's because Cristiano Ronaldo has scored in five of Man United six Champions League group games this season and the other one he didn't play in because we were already through for the game against young boys. I think the safest way to play this tomorrow would be to take Manchester United on the double chance market to avoid a defeat here in this game. I also think both, I also think both teams to score is a really, really good play and I was neck and neck here as to what to take. But I think Manchester United to avoid a defeat here in this game... Priced up at 4-6 to six, minus 150, best price, widely available at 8-13, is a play I can't miss out on. I don't think Atletico should be significant favourites here to win this game, given the fact that they've been in very poor form and given the fact that Man United have travelled very, very well over the years. We're just coming off a away win against Leeds. We know how to set up away from home, and I think we can do that particularly well in Europe, and therefore I'll take Man United to come away with something here. from this game and if you can shop around for the best price of 46 minus 150 here for this selection but I also very very much like both teams to score and I would not dissuade you from taking both selections here for this game. The final game we need to cover here is Benfica versus Ajax where Ajax are the significant favourites to qualify here from this tie. Now Ajax have done really really well in the group stage where they qualified with a 100% record in a group where Borussia Dortmund were the favourites. But I'm not sure that they should be the 2-9 to favourites to qualify here against Benfica, who are available at 3-1. And in tomorrow's game, Ajax are the 4-5 to favourites to win that one. It's 14-5 on the draw and it's 10-3 on Benfica. Now, I'm not saying Ajax won't win the game. I do believe that Ajax will find a way to win this game and put themselves in a position to qualify. But you're not really getting any value here with the prices. Ajax are being priced up as a Real Madrid or a PSG or one of the top teams in the Champions League, which they're not. If you look at their team here, they don't have any players that I think, other than Neres, I don't think they have really any players that any of those teams would want. So I don't think we're getting much value here on the lines. But ultimately, I do think that Ajax will find a way to come through. They've won all of their Champions League group games. They're unbeaten away from home in over 14 months. And have won 12 of their 14 trips this season. However, Benfica have scored in 10 consecutive matches. And um, Ajax don't exactly have the most watertight defence in the competition. So I think taking Ajax to win this game... And tacking on both teams to score would be a way to take this to give yourselves a lot more value. That particular selection is available at 11-4. to 4. I think the form of Benfica is pretty poor here. Benfica have won five of their last 11 in all competitions. And I think coming in with that form does give the big edge to Ajax. And possibly that's why this is priced up the way it's priced up with Ajax being significant favourites for the tie and even being significant favourites to win this away game. Sebastian Haller has been the informed player here for Ajax this season. He actually scored more goals than he's had appearances. He's got 28 goals in 27 appearances for Ajax this season and he's actually scored six in his last four. He's going to be difficult to contain and this is a player that West Ham let go. This is a player that was a flop in the Premier League but he's lighting it up for Ajax and he's lighting it up in the Champions League this season and I think he could be the difference maker so I do like Ajax yes to qualify and I even like Ajax to win this game tomorrow given Benfica's form but they're not exactly getting big value here in this game with Ajax being priced up as one of the top teams in this competition and I don't hold Ajax in that bracket but I do ultimately think they find a way through this tie here against Benfica and get the win tomorrow on the money line. Closing out with a lock on the show and I can hear the collective groan as I'm making this selection. And it's going to be on Manchester United to avoid a defeat against Atletico Madrid. So that's Man United plus 0.5 or Man United on the double chance market. And I just truly believe that if you look at the form of Atletico Madrid and you look at how Man United have generally played away from home over the last couple of seasons, this is a really, really solid play. Don't forget, Man United have the longest unbeaten record in Premier League history away from home, where they didn't lose away from home for 29 straight games. Now, this is the top league in the world. We're seeing how dominant the Premier League teams are over the other countries. And this is a Premier League team going up against the Liga opposition. And we saw Chelsea dominate against Atletico Madrid over two legs last season. Now, I'm not saying this Man United team are up to the level of Chelsea because they went on and won the competition, but on paper, we do have the players there to go on a run. We do have the players to win the Champions League. Now, I'm not saying that we will. But when you look at the likes of Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jadon Sancho, David De Gea, Luke Shaw, Rafa Varane. These are players that would get into most of the Champions League teams. When you're looking at this team being a favourite and that team being a favourite, who wouldn't want Pogba? Who wouldn't want Varane? Who wouldn't want Fernandes? Who wouldn't want Shaw? Who wouldn't want Cristiano Ronaldo? Who wouldn't want Jadon Sancho? They would want these players in their team. These players would get into the top teams of Europe. So when this team play and when they're on their game... They can be a very, very dangerous threat. Nobody's going to want to play Man United. This isn't the tie that Atletico Madrid wanted. And Atletico Madrid, most significantly here for this selection, are in very, very poor form. Let's have a look at Atletico's recent results. Yes, they come into this one off the back of a 3-0 win away to Osasuna on Saturday. However, prior to that, Atletico Madrid have been in dire form. They lost 1-0 at home to Levante in midweek on the 16th of February. They scraped a 4-3 win out against Hatafe. They were down to 10 men when they got that late injury time winner. So they needed an injury time winner to beat Hatafe, who are actually one of the lowest scoring teams in all of La Liga. Yet they managed to penetrate Atletico Madrid three times. The week before that, they were spanked. 4-2 4-2 away to Barcelona. The week before that, they scraped to a 3-2 win against an out-of-form Valencia. Prior to that, they were beaten 2-0 against Real Sociedad. They were beaten at home in the Supercoppa semi-final. 2-1 at home to Atletico Bilbao. Bill Bauer. And prior to that, they had a 2-2 draw with Valencia. So, we're not looking at the old Atletico Madrid. We're not looking at an in-form team here. We're looking at a team who was sitting 5th in La Liga. We're looking at a team who have lost seven times already this season. We're looking at a team who have shipped 34 goals in 25 matches. That would have been unheard of. 34 goals is usually what they concede over the course of an entire season. So Simeone's style of play isn't working this season. They're having to play completely outside of their comfort zone. They're having to outscore teams. They're having to grind out 4-3 wins against teams like Hatafé. Their last home game saw them lose at home to Levante. So getting Man United here in the Champions League with the players that they have at 4-6, minus 150. And don't forget, as much criticism as Ralph Ragnick is getting, he's lost one game since he took over as the Man United manager. And that was a game at home to Wolves. Man United played terribly that day. And they just got caught. Wolves didn't really create too many chances. But late on in the game, I believe it was eight, nine minutes to go, Wolves ended up with a winner. And that's it. Man United have been unlucky to have as many draws as as they've had, as they've even dominated the games they drew. Ralph Ragnick is not doing a horrible job as the Man United manager. And I fully expect... Man United to advance from this tie and I think it begins with a positive result at the Wanda on Wednesday and I think Man United will be able to avoid a defeat I also love both teams to score that was a selection that I was very high on as well but I'm leaning here towards Manchester United being able to avoid a defeat and that is your lock here for this show and that is available at the best price of four to six minus 150. Before I go, let me remind you there is an edition of Bet MUC. Now, obviously, we've covered the Man United game here on the show. We've locked it up as well. But that's where we're going to look back at the Leeds game and what a game it was. And we're also going to look at the run-in so that we can properly analyse the futures markets for the top four and to see who will ultimately get through and secure that final Champions League place. And also, there is a bonus edition of the EPL show this midweek. We're looking at five games stretching from stretching across from tomorrow to Friday. The Friday game is going to be covered here on this show. So those five games will be broken down on this edition of the EPL show. So two more midweek podcasts to come from me. Make sure you check them all out on the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed. But that's it for me and this edition of the Champions League show. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.